Okay, let's go to the book of Philippians tonight. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, there be, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but the lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in, a fa- in, a, in, a fas- in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under, under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be in your house tonight. And I ask, dear God, that you would, Lord, uh, just quieten our spirit as we uh, try to learn things from you and from your word. I ask, dear God, that the Holy Spirit will be the one that will teach us, guide us, direct our thoughts, Father God, especially at this time Lord, that the, the weather is not uh, to our liking. But Lord, we, we, we do thank you indeed, Lord, that uh, Lord, you are a great God, a merciful God, loving God. And so as we look into your word now, bless your word to our hearts in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, let me ask you a question as an opening to this message tonight. What is the goal of the Christian life? Anyone? What? Okay. To be like what? Christ. Isn't it? To become like Christ. And that's the title of the message tonight. How to become like Christ. By way of introduction, I will tell you a story about Hudson Taylor. And this is a true story. It's about a man who hired somebody to record all the life of Hudson Taylor, especially the negative side of it. The hard man kept on following Hudson Taylor daily to record everything with him, about him. But after three months, this guy became a Christian. He must have seen something in Hudson Taylor's life that he became, and the result is that he became a Christian. William Penn said, to be like Christ is to be a Christian, and to be a Christian is to be like Christ. We'll not belong tonight, but when preacher says that, you know, let's be aware, because it goes on and on. No, I, I'm serious. Maybe this is the, the, 
the shortest message that you're going to hear from me. I'll just give you three points on how to become like Christ. We're in verse 1 to 5. It says, If there, if there be therefore any, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord in one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let his esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The first point for the message tonight is this. In order for us to become like Christ, we need to be considerate of others. Considerate of others. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Listen to the next words. Let, us, let each esteem other better than themselves. What we need to do tonight is we need to consider others better than ourselves. You see that? We need to consider other others better than ourselves. But you know what? That goes, against, that goes against the grain, isn't it, in our Christian life. We usually want to be the standout. Are you there? We want to be the number one. And we want to look out for the number one, for number one. But in order for us, to become Christ-like, then we need to consider others better than ourselves. Paul says this, stop. Who quit promoting yourself. Instead, promote others. You know, as you learn the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't promote himself. To promote others. And if you and I were to become Christ-like, then we need to do the same. We must quit trying to get ahead of others, even to the detriment that we step on other people. Some practical ways to esteem others better than ourselves. Simple things like letting others go first. How about when we have potluck? Do we run ahead in the line or we let the, the, the older people go first? If there's dessert, a small piece is left, do we get ahead and still get it? Or do we let others get it because they haven't had the dessert yet. How about this? Like keeping your promises. Hmm? I'll be there, bro. Hmm. How about this? Appreciate others. 
appreciate others. You know, one of the, the things that I really admire about the Apostle Paul is that him being appreciative of his co-workers, he didn't try to, to put them down. Yes, they have flaws, they, they have negatives, they have weaknesses. And yet, if you look at the writings of the Apostle Paul, he never put them down. He tried to lift them up. He built them up. The question I want to ask you tonight is, are you a builder or are you a wrecker? Do you appreciate the works of others? Or you just look at yourself and say, well, you know what? I'm doing better than them. You know, it's easy when you, when you are in the ministry to look down on others and say, well, you know what? I'm doing better than them. But not the Apostle Paul. I said, read his, his writings. He always tried to build them up. He encouraged them. He always sees the potential and room for improvement of every person that he works. A real leader appreciates others' worth, not focusing on the failings and weaknesses of others. I hate to say this, but I will say it anyway. I learned that from uh, Brother EJ. You know the problems of many of God's people amongst us? We focus more on the negatives than the positives. We see the weaknesses of others but we don't see our weaknesses. We see the failings of others, failures of others, but we don't see our failures. Now, in order for us to be Christ-like, we need to be considerate of others. Someone put it like this, when I'm right, no one remembers, when I'm wrong, no one forget. Hmm. The application for us is simple tonight. Whatever titles we have earned, whatever degrees we may hang on our wall, Paul told us to consider others' potential and consider or esteem other, others better, better than ourselves. Another thing I find it interesting in here in, in, in verse 4, look, look not at every man and in his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Be unconcerned about your personal position. Be unconcerned about your personal position. Position. 
One of the things I have learned in life is that not all things that you know it's right should be defended upon to win. Why? Because we all think like that. We think we are all right, isn't it? Who among us to say, you know, I'm wrong? No one. So even if you are in the right position, you don't have to fight in order to win the argument. Forget about your personal position. And of course, the perfect, perfect example of that is our Lord Jesus Christ. The woman at the well. What did, what did the Lord Jesus Christ do? Did he say, you know, I'm right? Did he say that to the woman? No, he didn't. Most of the times, the Lord Jesus Christ chose to be silent. And what a lesson for us to learn tonight, that even if we are in the right position, we need to remain silent. We need to remain silent. Second, second, second point, in order, to be, in order for us to be Christ-like, we need to have genuine humility. Genuine humility. Verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in, in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Genuine humility. The Lord Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Left the glories of heaven. Became one of us. When Augustine was, was asked what, was, what were the three most important Christian virtues, he replied, number one, humility. Number two, guess what? Humility. Number three, humility. If we were to be Christ-like, we need to have genuine humility. A well-known evangelist wrote that pride is the number one reason why churches and ministries are divided. Pride is the number one reason why churches and ministries are divided. However, genuine humility will promote unity in the church and in our homes. And this attitude should, should bind us together if we were to see the work of God here in Southland move forward. 
genuine humility. I said a while ago that many of us have learned what it is to look out for number one and to be concerned with number one. But folks, that is not what we are called to do. We are to esteem others better than ourselves. We need to have genuine humility. And that's when that's where unity comes from. When we have genuine humility, when we give way to others instead of promoting our own, then we have humility. We have humility and the work of God will move forward. Number three will be done. Commitment to obey. Commitment to obey. That may... And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Commitment to obey. The Lord Jesus Christ is committed to do everything that the Father had told him, even the death of the cross. First Samuel 15, 22, the Bible says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Now, I'm not saying that you, need to need, you don't need to sacrifice. But obedience is better than sacrifice, the Bible says. And by the way, when there's obedience, there comes the blessing. Do you believe that? When we obey, God will bless us. But if we disobey, then we will be cursed. That's in the Bible. I'm not making it up. Read the story of the Israelites. Let me close with this illustration. A Roman centurion was instructed to deliver a message by his commanding officer. In order to deliver that message, he had to go through some dangerous territory. Now, one of the soldiers approached him and said, Sir, if you try to deliver this message, you could be killed. The centurion looked at the young man and he said, Soldier, it is not necessary for me to live. It is only necessary for me to obey. What an illustration, isn't it? What an illustration. And the result is in verse 9 to 11. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above, above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. 
if you were to be judged for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Are you Christ-like? Do you, do, you, do you consider others better than yourself? Do you have genuine humility? And do you have commitment to obey? Let's pray. Father God, we, we do thank you indeed, Lord, for this passage of Scripture that we have learned things needed in our Christian life tonight. And Father, help us, Lord, to remember these things. Most of all, help us, Lord, to just follow our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, as we go into our prayer uh, this evening, I ask thee, God, that you indeed bless the remainder of the, this evening. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.